Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media, and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels: The Hand Network. Check it round table, and also the Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses r o s e s out of the snow o u t o f s n o w at gmail dot com, and you can support us also on Venmo. the The connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are one one four three. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing demisexuality. As you know, we really don't discuss religion, politics, or the Great Pumpkin, or technology for that matter, in this podcast. And also, we keep it G-rated. So, for any of you who are worried about the kitties, this is not going to go off. So, you should be able to listen to it with them if you want. But, you know, no worries. But anyway, demisexuality, and why are we discussing it today? Well, I think that through time and through this podcast, some of you may have picked up on the fact that I really like BL drama. But the reason that I really like BL drama is probably in great part due to the fact that I myself am demisexual. Now, I really don't talk about my religious beliefs or my sexual orientation hardly ever. I mean, I think this is Probably the first time I've ever mentioned it on a podcast. Now I have mentioned that many of the characters in BL drama are demisexual, but not ergo I like them because I myself too am demisexual. Now what does demisexuality mean? Well, if you Google demisexuality, you're going to find not a lot on it, but most of it will say things like, "Well, demisexuals tend to end up with their best friends." This is not. Probably the best way to describe it, in my personal opinion, because I'm like, I have many, many friends, and I would not want to go out with them at all, even though they might be really good friends or my best friend, because I don't think of them in that way. It doesn't mean that they're not great people, and I wish them great joy on their own romantic intrigues, as it were. But that's none of my business. I don't think of them in that way. For me, demisexuality is that I really have always felt, ever since I was a very small child, that I would be only with probably one person in my life. Now I always knew that life could get screwy, things could go a while. My perfect person might end up with someone else, and if that happened, I wish them joy. It's like they found somebody and they're happy. Yay! Now I will say that when I was a kid, I thought. 
you know, that'll just happen when it happens. I'm not really going to worry about it too much. Now, when I became a high school student and I saw a lot of relationships go AWOL, either in my familial life or with people my own age or a little older, I was like, you know, relationships are just kind of darn tricky. And I might just skip that and just adopt my kids and have a nice life. There you go. Ergo. Now, it wasn't that I was anti-relationships or anti-marriage or anything like that. It was just that for me, I was like, I really don't like complicated in any fashion. And I also really hate even the idea of possible conflict, which if you are in a relationship with someone, you have the possibility just by nature of being around them constantly that you could have conflict and that is an unpleasant thought, especially with someone who you would care for a lot. So, you know, that's kind of how I viewed relationships through high school. Plus, I don't mean it weird, but I was also busy taking care of family and also helping to raise a younger sibling until I was 30. So, I mean, between both those things, I'm like, I don't have time for a relationship, nor do I really have an inclination for it. Now, I really just chalk that up to me being busy with life and work and family matters, and not really about me being a demisexual at all, because I didn't know about that term until literally about a year and a half ago. Now, I did have a couple of interesting scenarios, as it were, because like, when I was in high school, my mom could never figure out like, why I wasn't attracted to boys. Now, I am straight, but not because I particularly feel that being straight is best, simply because I've always known my person would be a guy, but I wouldn't like them for their guyness any more than they like me for my girlness, because that's just not a huge factor for me, if that makes sense. So I remember when I was in high school, my mom would be like, why, why don't you think anyone's attractive? And like, because number one, why would I think someone's attractive if I cannot be with them? I mean, no offense. I'm like, if I'm going to be attracted to someone, I'm going to probably hope that I can be with them. I'm not saying that that person doesn't look nice and they have a nice personality, et cetera. I'm just going, they're not my person. So why would I think of them in a uh, attraction way, if that makes sense? I could think of them as a friend. I could think of them as a work colleague or a fellow student. But I'm like, I'm not going to think of them in a romantic way, if there's no possibility of me being with them, because that would show a lack of care, in my opinion. And I won't do that to someone else just because I'm like, care is very important to me. So that was kind of weird growing up because I remember my mom was like, well, what do you find attractive in people? And I'm like, well, if I ever meet someone who has the kind of character like you see in Aragon and Lord of the Rings, just using that as a random example, because Lord of the Rings was a very cool show when I was in high school for me, I watched that a lot a lot a lot but anyway I was like you know if I meet someone who has that kind of character and who I like and they like me then maybe I'll think about it but if not I'm not really going to be too concerned about the situation and my mom said there was like you mean my grandchildren could look like Viggo Mortensen that's terrifying and I'm like I never really even thought about how Viggo Mortensen looked whether it was good or bad and I'm like that's really not the point. I have no desire to be with Viggo Mortensen. I'm simply saying that kind of character of trying to do the right thing against all odds, when you have little to no hope of winning, 
is a good kind of character because you're doing the right thing despite the fact that it could all blow up because you figure it's worth it because of the people you care for. So I'm like, that was a weird situation when I was about 15. I remember sitting there in the car going, I really don't know why my mom's worried I'm going to run off with Viggo Mortensen because A, Viggo Mortensen and I have a very large age difference. We're not even on the same continent. And why would I date Viggo Mortensen? I remember being a kid and going, I really don't understand this logic. But anyway, and no offense to my mom, but I was just sitting there going, I don't get this because I was like, I don't think about how people look at all and how I would consider them for someone I would date or end up with. So that was the first time, like when I was about 15, that I realized I thought about things differently than most people did. Also, when I was a kid, I had some girlfriends and they were like, oh, I like this guy. He's so cute. And I remember sitting there going, he seems like a nice person. But I was like, I really couldn't understand why people like someone just for their appearance. Because I was sitting there going, their appearance is going to change as time progresses. And whether that's good or bad or indifferent really doesn't change who that person is. So... Fast forward, I'm in my early 30s. I'm thinking, no, I'm really happy with my life as is, but maybe I should be there for that person on a tire swing, as they say, and I do be loved in-house, which is the one reason I thought about dating. Plus those nudges from family and friends were like, Anna, maybe you should consider that, which if you haven't listened to my podcast on online internet dating experience, those are last years and you can check those out. But anyway... I realized after dating a couple of people or having a not date meet, I don't know where to go with that one, peeps. I'd never had that before. I was like, what is a not date meet? And how do we define a not date meet? And how do we deal with a not date meet? So anyway, that was awkward for both of us. But anyway, after having a not date meet and dating someone a few times, I realized that, again, I thought about relationships very differently than most people. And I was like, you know, it doesn't mean that my thoughts are better or their thoughts are worse. It just means we think about things very differently. And I think that if you're in relationship with people, it's going to be hard to be in relationship with people if you think about things as differently as we did. Because like, for example, because I'm demisexual, I don't really think about dating someone so that I can sleep with them or live with them. That's not why I'm dating them. Of course, I do think that if I like them and we end up together, of course, those things are natural occurrences that will happen. But for me, sex isn't a means to an end if that makes sense it's the end after the means and not because of anything but I sit there and go to me those kind of relations are something that you have after you care about somebody I think about sexual relations about being something you have after you establish that you love someone which discovered through dating that most people think very differently like that. I also think that during this time, one of the things that really helped me better understand myself is actually watching BL drama, which, oh, stop Google. 
because quite frankly, I'd had a lot of people in my life, including relatives and good friends say, well, Anna, you must be asexual because you just really don't care about if you date or not. And therefore you must just be asexual. And I'm like, I'm not asexual. It's just to me, care is very important. And I can't imagine being in a physical relationship with someone who I don't know fully that I trust them and that they trust me. And trust takes time to establish for me because I'm not a very, I expect the worst in people, but I hope for the best. But it takes me a long time to determine whether or not they mean the best and I mean the best in the situation. So things are something that will never happen with me. Also, it's like, you know, the one positive thing about my 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 sexual orientation it is like I would never consider cheating on someone because cheating to me is like the epitome of just being a totally doing a totally bad thing to someone because I'm like cheating on them is you're lacking honesty and transparency and you're also hurting that other person in a way that they don't even know it which seems even worse to me it's just it's something I could never wrap my brain around so I mean, the one thing about demisexuals everyone says is they're very loyal to the people they care about because they really can't see a way of not being loyal. It's just not the way that our brains work. And I think that's very true in many ways is that, yes, we, we're very loyal to our friends and we're very loyal to the people that we care about because we simply can't imagine not being ourselves and honest and caring toward those people. So I think, you know, that's a positive about being a demisexual is that we really are loyal, but it takes us a long time to be loyal because like we don't really, it's like even with my best friend, it took him literally months to get my WhatsApp number. And then it took me a long time to be able to trust him because I didn't know him. And I'm like, if I don't know you, how can you be my good friend? So it's like, it takes me a while to trust people. But you know, the one thing that I think helped with me figuring out that I'm demisexual, instead of just like my friends saying they're going, I'm asexual, I'm like, that's that's not me at all. I'm just very careful who I trust. And I haven't really met someone who I click with, so to speak. So, you know, but watching BL drama, the reason that I think that I really like BL drama in many ways is because especially the ones from Thailand and Taiwan. Now, I am not talking about Thorn Type, and I am not talking about the History 4 series, because those, some of them, I think, are kind of utter travesties. Now, I'm not trying to get into a big conundrum with people who share a different opinion. If you like them, you do you. I'm just saying this is demisexual. Thorn Type has many red flags and many things that make me angsty, in the same way that I sit there and feel that feel about Ken Porsche I haven't even watched that whole thing because I was just like it's just not my thing so you know with that in mind I think the reason that I do like many of the BL dramas from Thailand and Taiwan are because you have people in these dramas who yes they are gay of course, two guys. But the other thing is you usually have people who it's not really about being gay so much as one character, at least, is definitely a demisexual, like in the case of Bad Buddy or in the case of um, the new one, Vice Versa, for example. Excellent examples of people who are demisexual. And I think that one of the things that really helped me to better understand myself in many ways is watching 
dramas from these genres because BL drama does have a lot more demisexuals in it than it has in like rom-coms or that you have in regular drama. I'm not saying that you don't occasionally get a demisexual because like, for example, Anne Elliot, perfect example in persuasion of a demisexual. But again, it's very rare also. Persuasion is my favorite Jane Austen book, but I liked it for years. I just never really thought about it as being something that was demisexual in sexual orientation. But I think the thing is, is with these dramas, the main point is that you have characters who like an individual, not because of anything, but because of either their character or their personality. Now, you can have demisexuals who are gay, as in BL drama. You can have demisexuals who are straight, as in persuasion. You can have demisexuals that are pansexual, meaning they really don't care what gender they care about. And, you know, I think that in many ways, the reason that most people don't really think about demisexuals, number one, there's not a lot of demisexuals per percentage in the world. And the ones who are usually are really quite quiet about their sexuality because, like, their sexuality usually is either A, they're happily with someone, or B, they're not with someone. People just figure they're single or have something against dating, which in my case, I have nothing against dating. I just personally don't really have any desire to date at this point in time. And two, I'm like, I'm happy with my life as it is. I really don't feel deprived as it were because I'm lacking a romantic relationship. Now if I meet someone who I feel I would make their life better, they would make life better, and we look at the relationship more as a partnership than a relationship, I might very well consider dating them. Although I will say it would take a lot just because I'm I do have trust issues with people. I'm working on that, but I'm like, you know, that's something I'm working on. Not because of relationships or magic, just because I'm like, trust, it's a big deal. You know, it's like I was talking to one of my students recently and they were like, they wanted to do free conversation about how do I date an American? I'm like, you know, maybe you shouldn't have picked the only demisexual English teacher on this platform to talk about this with, because number one, I don't hardly ever date. Number two, I'm like, well, you could join a club or something that you have an interest in that you might meet like-minded people who also ergo might be single and you could consider this because maybe over time you would find something in common and could ask them out. And they're like, well, is that what you're doing? I'm like, no, because I'm busy teaching English and working on my business degree. And I really am not taking the time to sit there and go, oh, I need to go find someone because I'm like, that's not a big thing on my list. It's not that it's a something I'm disregarding completely, but I'm just like, it will work out if it works out. If it doesn't, I'm not that worried. The other thing is, I think, you know, when I was dating a couple of people, the thing that really made it so that it wasn't really easy for me to date them was we had very different viewpoints on how physical relationships should be. I mean, no offense, I'm like, I'm not going to be moving in with someone or considering sleeping over with someone I've only known for five and three quarter hours. That's just not going to happen. I'm not saying anything's wrong with people that do. I'm just saying that person is not going to be me.
I think the thing I found most interesting with the new Vice Versa series and also the Bad Buddy series is with the character of Pran, who's definitely a demisexual, and with the character of Tolay in Vice Versa, respectively. Both these characters, they are not with the person who they have been, who has been trying to date them and be with them until like maybe a year or two after they have started to kind of date, if you want to call it that. I'm not sure what you call it when they're bickering back and forth and trying to shove food in their mouth. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, that's kind of dating to me. But anyway, so if you take someone out for noodles, I think that should qualify as dating. But what my point is, is that, you know, with both these characters, they had to really know, even though they'd known this person, like in the case of Brad, had known Pat for years and years, he's not going to go out on the honeymoon with this person until like literally a year after they start dating. And with Talay, I'm thinking it was more like two years in the storyline before they had a romantical moment, as it were. So my point is, is like, with demisexuals, we don't really move particularly fast on things. And in a world with people who do move particularly fast, it's not probably going to work to be in a relationship with these people because they're not going to understand that nor have the patience for people like us. And I think in many ways that's good because I don't want to be with someone who moves quickly because I am sitting there as a demisexual and also a high-functioning autistic person going, if you're thinking about having me stay over after five and three quarter hours, how many other people have you thought about this with? Because this is kind of a, a red flag for me. And also I sit there and go, I really want to make sure that the person I'm with would be a good din dad to my kids. I'm like, you know, if I am with someone, I want them to be a good dad as well as a good husband. And for me, that's not going to be someone who would raise up boys to want to be with someone they have hardly known at all. I mean, no offense, that's just me. And it's not because I'm I'm not deeply religious either. I was raised very conservative, but I have thought about it. I'm like, my demisexuality has really nothing to do with my conservative upbringing. It has to do with the way that I process things because I'm not like worried that I'm going to hell if I sleep with someone. That's like nothing that's even on my radar. But I am worried that a lack of commitment by someone who would be willing to be with me after only knowing me a short time means that they would probably dump me quite easily and also be with other people in a very short time. And again, I don't know because I'm like, I closed the book on that deal. But my point is, is, you know, with demisexuals, we don't think about things in short term. We think about things in long term. And, you know, I think that it makes us different. It's like I was when I was growing up, my sister was always like, and my, my family was like, you process things slower. It's not that you're slow. It's simply that you have to calculate and add things at your own pace because you are not going to be someone who ever rushes into something. And I'm like, I think that maybe the main reason I'm that way is I lived around people growing up who did rush into things, who went to things gung-ho without maybe thinking it through that much. And I'm not saying that there's not anything wrong with people like that because in many ways I admire 
the ability to just take that step and not worry about the repercussions. Whereas I don't know if it's because I saw that fall out negatively and also because I'm an oldest. So I, ever since I was a kid, I'm sitting there going, how can I make sure everything's okay for everybody else in the family? But because of both those things, I think that really led me to think about how it's going to affect others more than most people. It's like when most people date, they don't sit there and go, how is this going to affect my life? And how is this going to affect the other person's life? How would this affect if we had kids? Would this person be a good person to be with with kids? The other thing I think that is interesting is for me as a demisexual, I'm not really that I don't really care whether I have bio kids or not. Now, I'm not sure if that's because I'm a demisexual or just because I'm like, I don't really care whether I have bio kids or not. And for most people dating, one of the reasons they're dating is they want to get married and have kids and have that life. And for me, it's like, I do want to have kids, but I know I'm probably going to like 99.99% sure I'm going to adopt. Now, that doesn't mean that my plans couldn't change dramatically. It doesn't mean that I couldn't have a birth child at some point, but it just means that for me, I'm not really that concerned as to whether or not my genetics live on after me. Now, I'm not against people who want their genetics to live on after them. It's just for me, I'm like, that's not a big imperative. What's more important is that I'm there for kids who need me to be there and that I help them to, in turn, when they grow up, be the kind of people who sit there and are there for people they need to be for. Because it's not so much to me a passing on of genes as a passing on of care, if that makes sense. So I think, you know, that was another big roadblock for me when I tried to date as a demisexual. It's like most of the guys that are in their 30s kind of want to end up with someone who wants to have several children by the time they're in their 40s. And I'm like, I do plan on having several kids, but I don't necessarily plan on having birth children. Plus, I think that, that can add a lot of pressure to a relationship in that, if one person wants bio kids, if one person isn't really care one way or the other, the one person feels like they have to acquiesce to the other. And I'm like, I don't want you having to give up on your dream of bio kids. But I also know that in today's day and age, there's a very high probability that even if you want to have bio kids, you might not be able to because of infertility issues with either partner. And I'm like, I really don't want to get into a situation where that could add strain on a relationship either one way or the other. Because you know, you may want a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that you can have them. And for me, it's like, I really don't care one way or the other on that issue. So I think that also made it difficult to date. The other thing that I think as a demisexual, you have to think about when you consider dating someone is, I don't care about appearance of people. I mean, not to be strange or anything. It's just, the way people look isn't something I really think about at all. It's like, as you can tell today, half my nails are done, half my nails are not done. So it's like, I will get the other side done eventually, but it's probably not going to happen right now. And I really don't care. My one side looks kind of nice. My other side will get there. So, you know, with that in mind, I'm like, I don't care how people look. And the people that I was dating at that point when I like a year year and a half ago it was really important to them that I say you know like I like you for your looks and I'm like I'm sorry but you're very nice looking people 
I didn't date them at the same time. I mean, separate people like I had not, not date meet with and then the dating with. And I was like, you're nice looking people, but that's not why I'm dating you. And the other thing that was very off-putting for me is especially with the one they were always like, well, you're you're very nice looking, you're very attractive. And to me, or you're a very beautiful woman. And I'm like, I may be those things, I may not be those things, but to me, that's not why you should like me. I mean, me being good looking or not has nothing to do with who I am as a person. And me being female really, I mean, yes, I'm straight, but I really don't think that my gender should come into why you like me. I mean, you could like any girl based on that logic. I mean, no offense at all, I'm just saying. So I think that, you know, for me, that was kind of off-putting. And also it was difficult because I'm like, how do I tell this person that I don't like to be called out because of my looks or my gender? Because I really don't think either one of those things should come into context when we, when we discuss dating or when we interact with each other. And again, I think this is another reason why I really do like um, BL drama, because usually in the BL dramas that I like, like Until We Meet Again or Bad Buddy or vice versa, the characters like one another because of their character traits. Like in the example of Tule, he likes Poon because he is gentle and quiet and shy. And Poon likes Tule because he is just Tule. I mean, no offense. I'm like, what, what's not to like about Soleil? So anyway, but my point is, is that they like each other for their characteristics more than their appearance or their gender, which as someone who is demisexual, I totally get. Now, I have thought a lot about doing this podcast because I'm like, I really don't want to get into these whole boxes that everyone puts everyone in these days. It's like, I think that everyone should be able to be whoever they are, and whether that's straight or bi or gay or pan or or intersex, I don't think it really should matter one bit as long as they're true themselves. But I also probably won't be at something where we're we're doing a very huge LGBTQIA thing because I really don't think for me my sexual orientation it's just kind of part of who I am and most of what I am is very quiet now if if someone does push me and ask me like why I don't date or why I don't see people the way that most people see people I will probably say you know I just don't look at people based on their appearance I mean this came up recently when I was watching a show with a friend they were like oh that guy they're so handsome and I'm like yes but it was in the uh call me cat series and they said you know that guy is so handsome. And I'm like, yes, maybe he's good looking because he's tall and he's big shouldered. But I'm like, he wouldn't go get her anti-acids and scrunchies like the nice package dude that she's with right now. Uh, he's a package, I don't know what you call them, package delivery guy that she's with right now. And I remember, yeah, I was like, you know, I just don't really think about people in how they look or what their features are. So I think that, you know, because of that, and I'm sorry for that little pause, guys, but there was, an, there was a bump in the living room and I had to go see what it was. <laughs> I'm like, what's that bump? Oh, the dryer next door made a noise, or the washer, I guess. But anyway, now my, now my Harry Potter blanky boo is drying. Yes, my baby 
we didn't have a Harry Potter blanket. Actually, it was the kids', but they confiscated it. Okay. So anyway, but my point is, is, you know, I did think a lot about doing this podcast, but the reason that I did it was not because I'm sitting here going, I am demisexual. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I really don't care. Except I think it's good for me to know why I am the way, because it's not... I think that, you know, as I've gotten older, a lot of things that I have sat there and go, maybe I'm weird or maybe I'm different. It's like, I still think I am different and I am kind of weird. But the thing that I've gotten to understand is there is a reason behind it. There is an explanation that makes some sense. And I think that, you know, by better understanding myself, I'm able to be a better person and also to be a better better in my personal relationships, whether that's friendships, whether that's romantic. And also the thing that I think is interesting is I'm much more at peace with who I am now than I was five years ago, because I'm like, I, and I was pretty at peace with myself five years ago too. But I think that, you know, by understanding, yeah, I'm demisexual. No, I'm never going to be attracted to someone because of their appearance. And sex is never going to be a draw for me to be in a relationship. Now, it could be an end in the relationship, or maybe not an end, but a continuity in the relationship after that's established, but it will never be something that I would sit there and be dating someone because of. So I think that, you know, in many ways, it has helped me better understand myself and also to understand that because of the way I think about relationships that are romantic, I am very different than most of society. And also because of the way I see people, because I'm like, I don't really think about people as being bad or good looking, whether we're talking about in friendships or in romantic relationships. I just think about them as being people and being cool because of who they are as a person and their character traits or their personality. And, you know, I think I've really pretty much always been that way. And it's really helped me to process that better because now I know that it's in part because I am a demisexual. And I think that the more that we understand ourselves, the better we can understand the world around us and also sit there and go, now I get why this person thinks this way in relationships, or now I understand why this person is acting this way in this situation, because before it was kind of hard for me to gauge, because I'm like, when I was in high school and girls would go gaga over a guy, I would sit there and go, why are they doing this? And I would feel kind of bad for the guy, because I'm like, he has all these people looking at him just because of his appearance, but they don't know what's inside him. They don't know who he is as a person. And the same way I saw guys do it to girls. But I'm like, just because a girl is attractive in the way that she looks doesn't mean that that's who she is as a person. And I always felt bad because I was like, these men are liking her because of her appearance, but they don't give one iota about her personality or how she feels. She's just kind of a a vase that they put up on the mantle if they get her, kind of like they say in Room with a View. And I think that that's, that's one thing it's been a little easier for me to understand. And also sit there and go, I totally get that a lot of people are that way. And also to go, they need to do them. If, if they're attracted to their partner because of their looks, 
then good for them. I'm glad they're happy together. But I also hope that they like that person because of their personality as time progresses. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like a practical, well, because eventually you have to do laundry together and folding socks even could cause an argument if you don't get along with your personalities. So anyway, the battles. So that is my podcast on demisexuality. I would love to hear you guys' input on this. If you want to email me at rosesoutofthesnow at gmail.com, you can also send me a message via our YouTube channel. We are also on Facebook and we're not on Instagram. I should probably change that. But anyway, we'll see how good Anna is with updating things. Just no progression. I haven't even gotten the descriptions done for anything, but about youth. But about youth was fabulous. So anyway, which again had to demisexual, as well as we best love and fight Mr. Second with Kaushidi. Okay, I'm just saying. So yes, but I would love to hear you guys' input on this. On like, if you think BL drama and demisexuality, and want to discuss some more on that, or we'd like another podcast on that, we can definitely cover that. Again, I'm not doing this podcast because I'm wanting to. Uh, I really don't care about my sexual orientation because really what it means is I'm single and for the foreseeable future, I don't see that changing. So, I mean, you know, that's what demisexuality for me means. So I'm like, for others, it means that they're happily in a relationship with someone because they like their personality or their their character or et cetera. So I think, you know, I wanted to do this podcast because I didn't you know, I agreed with a lot of the things I saw on YouTube on like how people saw demisexuality. But the thing that I think was a little off-putting about some of it is like when I was talking to my best friend about this, because really most of my friends don't really even know I'm demisexual. I mean, they know I don't date and I think some of them have wondered why, but I'm like, unless you ask, I'm probably not going to be discussing this with them. Not because of anything, except I'm like, it's not really a topic that needs to be brought up unless, you know, it comes up. And for this podcast, I did it because I wanted to discuss it because I think that, you know, when people Google demisexuality, oftentimes it says, well, they will only date those they are closest to, like friends or relatives. Or no, that would be, that would be tragic. Okay, friends and acquaintances, not relatives. I don't know why my brain went that way. Anyway, I meant acquaintances and I said relatives, but uh, okay. Anyway, we're not in Britain and people don't marry their cousins anymore. Thank goodness. Okay. I'm not sure we prejudiced, but in British literature, everyone was always ending up with their cousins. And I'm like, that can lead to very bad genetic issues. But anyway, we not. So, but my point is, is that I really didn't like the fact that most people online, when you're reading an article or something, were saying things like, well, they end up with their best friends. And I'm like, no, not necessarily. The people who are demisexual just tend to end up with people who they've known for a long period of time and they've built trust with or they've built an understanding with and know that person's going to be there. I think that, you know, one of the things I found interesting in vice versa, and I think it really is the best example of demisexuality I've seen in films so far. I was very glad to see that production do that. But with Talay is there are several scenes where like there's one scene where Talay says, why are you worried, Poon? And he says, well, I'm worried because of this. This person looks like a guy that you had a crush on back in high school. And he's like, he looks like that person, but that has nothing to do with 
me liking him. I like people because of who they are. Appearance matters nothing to me. I don't even know what you like look like to in real life, but I like you because of who you are. And I think, you know, that's one of the the best examples of demisexuality I've seen in film ever, because really that captures way most demisexuals tend to think. And I've watched several YouTube videos, et cetera, but it has nothing to do with appearance. It has everything to do with liking that person because we've built trust, we've built connection with them, we've built understanding with them. We know how they're gonna react to things. I think the other thing that would be interesting to do as a study, but I don't know if anyone ever will, is I think with demisexuality, there are certain things that happen in a person's life, maybe that triggers them to become a demisexual. Like for me, I think that the fact that when I was growing up, there was a lot of people who I couldn't be certain of. And because of that, I think it made me realize that appearance doesn't matter when I Oda, but knowing that person's going to be there, going to be steady, going to be a good character, that mattered a lot after what I went through as a kid. And I think that, yes, that did definitely influence my, my sexuality in ways that a person who didn't go through what I went through as a kid, I'm not saying like, everyone goes through things. So I'm like, I'm not saying that my childhood was better or worse than other people's childhoods. I'm simply saying there were a lot of things that happened that led me to realize that from a very young age, people and their actions were way more important than their appearances for me. And also very, it could alter the whole situation. The other thing I liked about vice versa and how they depicted demisexuality with Tillet was, as you'll notice with Tillet, he's always asking, like, are you going to be here? Are you going to stay here? Are you are you going to, you know, be there to depend on? And I think that, you know, that's something that's very important for demisexuals, because like with Tillet, the thing that he's worried most about is that um Toon will go first and then he will be left alone and then they will have to try to find each other again and then when he does find Toon again as Poon in the other reality the the first day they're together he's like you're going you're not going to disappear on me again because I think you know for demisexuals we don't want to run the risk of losing people I again it could just be the me and the ones that I've seen online, but I think that the the steadiness is something that we look for. We want something to be constant. In the same way, like with, with high-functioning autism, I think that the thing for me is I like continuity. It doesn't mean that I don't shift up my routine. It doesn't mean that I won't be traveling the world here in the next two years. It just means that we go at things very differently because we strive for continuity and order in ways that most people don't when it comes to relationships, when it comes to life in general. And I think, you know, that's very well shown with Tillet, with him asking, are you going to be here? You're not going to disappear on me again. And, you know, I think that everybody wants the person they're with to be there for them. But I think most people go into a relationship thinking, oh, if this doesn't work, I'll get a divorce and end up with someone else. I mean, I don't mean about it all, but I think that most people sit there and go, they always have a plan B. Whereas with demisexuals, it's not that we don't have a plan B because I'm like, I'm fully aware that I could someday end up with someone. 
it might not work out. Now, the chances that I would try that situation again would be much more reduced if that did not work out than like if um, like if it did not work out because of death. That would be a different scenario than if it did not work out because me and the other party broke up because I would sit there and go, I really don't want to go through this loss again. And I certainly don't want to go through this loss again with that other person knowing they're alive and well, they just don't want to be with me anymore. And I don't want to be with them anymore. It could be mutual. But I'm just saying, you know, we look at things differently in that sense. And I think that in vice versa with Talay, he really brought that to the forefront. I really like how C. Toanan, I might be seeing his name wrong, um, depicted that because, you know, I think Pran did an our Nanon did an excellent job as Pran and Bud Betty of depicting a demisexual, but I think that because Bad Betty happened, we were able to get vice versa. And yes, vice versa, I know it's had some people that said, oh, it's so-so. But the thing that I really think about vice versa is even though it's definitely not a kid show, because there are some parts that you have to skip with the kitties, but you're like, but bath time is fun, but we don't need the kitties to do that. And bath time is fun with certain ages. And like, it's different in the bathtub with three-year-olds playing with the duckies and it's different with adults. So I'm like, you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't include bath time. I'm just saying it made it so it's not necessarily 100% kid-friendly. So anyway, but um, my point is, is with, with vice versa, you really get a solidification and very good examples of demisexuality in the not caring about appearance, wanting to make sure someone's going to stay there. And I think that that is something that is paramount for demisexuals. I think that, you know, it's something that most people always kind of hope for in that they hope the relationship will last. But they also sit there and go, oh, if it doesn't, it'll be okay. I mean, most people, and I'm not saying that to be negative to most people, I'm just saying it's not the earth shattering that it is for a demisexual when you sit there and go, what if this doesn't work out? It could break up a relationship. It could be disastrous. It could be terrible. And I think that the reason for that is because a lot of people who are demisexual probably have a bit of similar circumstances in that they had had people leave their lives before, or they had had people who they couldn't trust because of appearances, but they had to base their decisions on character over appearances. And I think that when that happens, it does morph and change the way you look at relationships, whether that's with friends, whether that's with romantic relationships. But the reason that I wanted to do that, do this podcast, I think I've explained it now in detail. And I do apologize for the, pa the pauses here, but the washer was making weird noises and I had to go check it out. So anyway, but I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And again, thank you guys for listening. Check it at the round table. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Round Table, and also the Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. 
You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses r o s e s out of the snow o u t o f s n o w at gmail dot com, and you can support us also on Venmo. The the connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are one one four three. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.